This presentation was shot in 2018 as part of our Chicago Land Clinic. This one, uh, Bart Curtis came over from Indiana. At the time, he was at Mishawaka High School. He's now the head coach at Warsaw High School in Indiana. Longtime triple option guy. And on this one, goes over an hour just on the details of triple options. So Coach Curtis is a, a ton of fun to listen to. I hope you enjoy this one. You can check out uh, this one on our YouTube channel and all of our most recent content. You can find us at clinic.chiefpigskin.com. Good day. My name is Bart Curtis. I am the head football coach at Mishawaka High School in Mishawaka, Indiana. It is an honor and a privilege to present this video today for Nate and Larry Allball for Chief Pigskin uh, video productions and our topic today is going to be committing to triple option football and and how we do that <clears throat> this video and presentation will take you through uh, exactly what we do from Sunday to Friday in preparation for our offense to hopefully have success against who we're playing defensively one or two things I'd like to preface. Number one, we are a two platoon system, which basically means our offense and defense practice completely separate at different ends of the field, which can create some problems at times, but can also be a, a great uh, addition to us uh, because it allows us to teach a little bit more and work with the same kids on the same skills day after day, week after week. And we feel like that gives us an advantage. The other thing that I am blessed with is an outstanding coaching staff. Um, I have been relegated to deciding whether we're gonna punt or go for it on fourth down. And occasionally they'll let me call a trick play or two. So I, I've got a couple guys that split the offensive coordinator duties, Keith Kinder and Kyle Shaw, and I have a defensive coordinator, Greg Smith, and, and under them, uh, I have incredible assistant coaches uh, who coach their positions. And, and one more thing I might add, <clears throat> all nine of us are located uh, under the same roof, and that is very ad advantageous at Mishawaka High School. So without further ado, We'll get started and committing to the triple option attack. I'm going to assume that you already know what triple option and midline option are and outside veer. Um, so, so this video and presentation kind of is going to take it a step further and get more specific on what we look for when we're actually going to attack a defense. So using formations to gain an advantage in running inside and outside veer. Those are our two plays. Every year we do a breakdown, and once again it held true that inside and outside veer was over 60% of our offense this year, and that's generally how it is. Why triple? Well, if you've watched the academies, if you've watched Georgia Tech, if you've watched people that, that run this style of offense, Kennesaw State, people that uh, know what they're doing and know how to adjust. We've tried to model ourselves after them. Um, we believe the defense has to be concerned with all three phases of the, of the option. You know, are we going to run midline? Are we going to run true triple? Are we going to run outside veer? Are we going to run double, counter option? 
we've got a number of things that we can do along with some complimentary plays and some play action passes. We spend a lot of our time in the summer. One summer we made a mistake, if I can digress. We decided, you know what, our kids know triple, they know outside veer, they know midline. Let's focus on counter tray and all our complimentary plays and our play action passes throughout the summer and then pick up where we left off once practice starts with triple and midline and, and, and it was kind of catastrophic and we ended up playing catch up and we won't make that mistake again. We take our kids away in the summer uh, for four days and three nights and we take them to a, a, an option camp, TMT camp, triple midline toss and uh, uh, that has been very beneficial to us. Uh, getting our kids away and then this past year we also brought our defensive kids and our defensive staff and it turned out to be even better. Uh, we believe that running triple and running the things that go with it give us the best chance to win. We don't have the most athletic kids, we don't have the biggest kids. Uh, there was a time eight to ten years ago when we were pretty big and pretty athletic and uh, uh, we feel like what we're doing now at least keeps us in a competitive mode with the people we play. It gives us the best chance to possess the football and to score points. And the other thing is, you know, I hear coaches say in college, you know, it's part of their DNA. I can stand here and truly tell you that option football trickles down to our third graders and second graders, and it is part of their DNA. Our kids know um, that we're an under center triple option team. Uh, our kids think, hey, I want to be the fullback, I want to be the quarterback. Uh, boy, I'd make a pretty good halfback. Uh, so it's who we are and it's what we do. Regardless of what happens, we don't deviate from the plan. So let's start with a Sunday meeting, okay? When my guys meet, and I'm part of those meetings, but I'm not the main part. I kind of sit back and just kind of listen to them talk, and they do a really great job. I have two offensive line coaches, Mike Buckman, and J.D. Chase, along with the two coordinators I mentioned. And they will sit in a room starting on Sunday morning, and generally they'll watch our next opponent and how they played us in years past. Because we found it doesn't do us a lot of good, other than for personnel to see who's good and who can run and who's big. It doesn't do us a lot of good to watch uh, game film on our opponent's defense from this year. So we go back and see how they've played us in the past. Have they deviated from their front, from their base, et cetera? But our first thing that our, that our guys sit down and do is they say, hey, we got to make triple go. How can we do this? Do we need to change formations? Do we need to force them to get into some type of a junk defense? Um, how have they defended us in the past? We talked about that. How will they align against our given formations? We run uh, probably six or six to eight formations throughout the course of a ball game, or at least have them in our back pocket to use if we need them. And we feel pretty confident in how we think they'll align to all of those formations. Uh, how can we make them move so it's an advantage for us? We put together a formation chart, which I'll show you. It's kind of crude, it's a grease board. We're not really high tech, uh, but we have a formation chart on a whiteboard and it's drawn up for the players, what we like, what we dislike, 
uh, out of each formation and how we think or believe that the opponents are going to adjust. We try to determine a top two, sometimes three formations that we feel like we can run triple or outside veer. Now keep in mind when I say triple, I mean true veer inside and true outside veer. So we kind of combine that to, and just call it triple option. Uh, and then do we, we discuss, and, and I think our guys have done a better job each year. Um, I've had the same old line guys for 10 years. My coordinators I've had since 13, so it's our fourth year uh, or fifth year just finished together. And uh, we do, I think they do an incredible job of putting together an if-then plan. Okay, if they come out and do this instead of what we expected, what is our answer? And I think you got to have the answers if you're going to run this or, or any offense. You can't just dabble in it. And I think our guys do a nice job of that. And uh, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about what else they prepare for, but they don't just guess. They don't just think, okay, let's hope they play a 4-3 or let's hope they play a 4-2. We prepare each week for a 40 front and a 50 front and a double eagle front. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. This is kind of a crude look at what we do on, a, on like a Sunday afternoon. Okay, the team we're playing here is obviously a 4-3 with two high safeties. We believe that when we line up in flex, which is the true academy uh, uh, formation with two, two split ends, uh, two A backs and a B back, and the quarterback under center, we believe that, okay, this opponent, hey, we think they're going to be in a 4-3 with two safeties. Okay, well then let's look, what do we think we're going to do if we go unbalanced? So we may try and go back and look for a film that shows them in some type of unbalanced formation and how they've defended a team that did that. Um, unbalanced with trips, we call it king to the right and queen to the left. This is our regular king set, which is a tackle over. We sometimes, we like to have our three best linemen on one side. Sometimes we'll sneak in a tight end on the backside uh, just so they keep in mind, hey, that backside kid's eligible. So, uh, you know, here's, this would be queen trips. I don't know why it says king trips left. That's a mistake on my part. Uh, over is a set that we really like. In fact, I often tease my offensive coordinators because our quarterbacks call the majority of the plays. Uh, we'll call the passes and we'll call the counters unless we've got a really, really good quarterback then he has a playbook at his disposal at the line of scrimmage. But I sometimes tease him. I said, why we got to do all this when you know every play on Friday night is going to be over right at the line? So that's kind of a running joke between me and my, and my offensive coordinator. He loves over right at the line, which would be a, a, an indication here of where they've had to take that safety and roll him down over the uh, split end that we brought over and, and roll the free safety over the middle of the formation. Um, rip. We had a, a, a Division II, Division I type kid uh, who was actually recruited by Army who ended up going to the University of Indianapolis. He was a defensive end. And we, he was the last kid that we played both ways, and that was 2014. But he played tight end when we were in the Rip and Liz sets. Uh, Rip is when the split ends to the right. Liz is when the split ends to the left. <clears throat> and then we have an open trip set. Uh, this would be trips left, the opposite of this would be trips right. And we just take both halfbacks. Uh, one guy's designated as the inside guy. He's usually the better receiver and route runner. And then the guy we like carrying the ball more 
might be the guy on the inside. So this is just a crude drawing of, of what my guys do. They'll have set formations and then they'll start saying, what are they gonna line in or what do we believe they're gonna line in? And then here are some things that they wrote down um, that they believe might be advantageous for us, okay? We usually have two lists. One that's a for sure list and one that's a maybe list. And as the week goes on, <clears throat> those things become smaller and smaller. Okay, weekly preparation on a Monday. So our guys are generally in there. They'll start Sunday morning around 9 a.m. And usually about 2 p.m. after lunch, we'll bring lunch in or whatnot. Somebody will bring, you know, a brunch type thing. Usually about 2 p.m., 3 p.m., uh, they're going to call me in and say, hey, here's what we think we can do. This is what our game plan is going forward. And I'll try to dissect it a little bit, maybe tear it apart, maybe say, hey, what if they're going to do this in this situation? They've done it in the past. And, and occasionally I even come up with a good idea that they will take and, and incorporate into the game plan. Our weekly preparation on Monday. Our guys do an incredible job of getting, utilizing huddle, putting together a scouting report, uh, and, and getting it to the kids. And they, they don't just send it to them, they check and make sure they know what's going on. So we try to get it to them Monday morning, or Monday early, but you know, before noon, so they can at least sneak a peek at it during one of their classes or a study hall. And, and they better be able to answer some of the basic questions that night when they meet right after school. So we'll meet right after school. Offense will meet in run room, defense in the other, and they better have a decent idea of what we're gonna see uh, defensively. Formation and play cards. Our offensive coaches are responsible for putting together a scout D, and they're very particular about this. We don't grab the backup defense, let them come over and take shots at our offense. Uh, the older I get, the more concerned I get about injuries, you know, if, gosh, if we're going to get a kid hurt, which none of us want, you know, we'd much rather have it be on a Friday night competing than a, a Monday through a Thursday uh, during practice. So, so we're kind of, and they make fun of me for that, and I get, you know, criticized by them occasionally for not turning it loose during the week, uh, but that's just what I believe in. But uh, they will line up their own Scout O or Scout D and they train those guys really well. And as the weeks go on, these guys take pride in that because they're holding shields. We've got the, we, we went ahead and purchased some of those pads that you put over it. They've got a harness you put over them and then they're, they're like block pads on you. And our D linemen and linebackers use those. And uh, it's, it's been really advantageous. Uh, the formation and play cards are done. We literally on Monday walk, crawl, I put crawl through our base plays against what we believe they're going to, we're going to see. We show offensive unit alignments, discuss assignments at a slow pace on the field. Another thing I think our guys do is an incredible job of teaching the quarterback on what we like and don't like against each formation and each play. And it really takes a, an understudy for a kid to learn and think like our coordinators because really we turn them loose on Friday nights and put the, put the game in their hands often. And it's important that he understands it and they do a good job of moving around and trying to trick him occasionally. Tuesday is a scripted team period. They try to trick the quarterback. 
they'll put him in some bad situations make him get, uh, and make him get out of it. An example of that might be, okay, they're in flex. We said they're going to be in a 4-3. Now they jump to a double eagle for whatever reason. What do we like? And the quarterback by that point better be able to check into something else, whether it be outside veer, triple blood, or whatnot, or toss. Um, show them a defense you don't expect. Make them figure it out for themselves. We're not going to be on the field with them. So it is important that they are able to figure it out for themselves. Um, and it's kind of funny, and I don't know where they came up with this, but if the, the quarterback makes it through the entire Tuesday practice without getting fooled by the coaches and not checking into the right play or checking into the right play, he's got to buy the coach has got to buy him a Gatorade after practice. If the, if the quarterback gets fooled, he's got to bring a Gatorade the next day for, for the coaches. Uh, what we learned from Navy, Coach, uh, Coach O'Rourke, Aligned execute. We don't know what uh, they're thinking that we're doing. So we don't care about where our kids line up, uh, sometimes close to the line of scrimmage, sometimes back. Based upon what their assignment is, they better be able to get there. The other thing from Coach O'Rourke, regardless of what look you think you'll get, practice against an odd and even, and a double eagle look every week. And we've started doing that, and that has paid off. Can't be on the field with them, as I said. Make sure they've seen as much as possible. And our guys, as the week goes on, we'll divide that into segments, as I'll talk about here. Wednesday and Thursday, we have a scripted team period. And generally, our guys will get TTO at the beginning of the, of the practice, which is team takeoff where we practice just getting good fits out of our old linemen, running our predetermined plays, rocket toss, fullback dive, counter iso, counter tray, uh, quarterback counter, quarterback sneak, just things that are different than, than, than our non-read plays. But then they'll get 30 to 40 minutes, eh, 25 to 35 minutes a team every day. Um, script team period, on the line calls for QB. We're not a no huddle team other than in practice. And the reason we don't huddle in practice and we get right back to the line of scrimmage is because we want to get more repetitions in. Um, one thing that that has done as far as negative is the first game, it seems like it takes forever for our kids to get from a huddle to the line of scrimmage and get settled and this and that. So we've had to, to make that an emphasis, okay? Uh, correct before he runs the play, correct the quarterback. So if we're in something and he checks to something wrong, we are going to correct him before he runs the play for time's sake. Film study after practice. We have found that less practice and more film study sometimes is beneficial to our kids. Usually the previous year's game is the best for our kids to watch, let them see alignments, assignments, and we also show them the plays that they're going to run Friday night that actually may have worked the year before. And this is good for our quarterback. Here's our personnel and formations. And I talked about these already. Flex is our base. Ace is where we bring the split ends into five feet. Trips I talked about where both halfbacks are on the same side. And then over is where the split end comes in and splits the difference between the tackle and the other split end. We are always under center. Uh, I know in a day and age where you turn the television on and nobody's under center, it makes us maybe archaic, a little unique, 
but we believe that it gives us the best advantage because for those same reasons, people don't see it. They got to prepare for it in a couple days. Rip is where I talked about with the tight end when we've got that tight end type kid and Liz would be split end to the left. And then our unbalance where we sneak a tight end in, put the tackle over, king to the right, queen to the left. Triple option rules. I'm not going to go over these. Obviously, you're going to have a video where you can pause this and look at them. And then if you have questions, feel free to get a hold of me uh, regarding any of these. But these rules have stayed the same since 1994 when we started running this stuff. Okay? I say we, I mean me. I, I'm kind of a well-traveled guy. Uh, I, I'm at my third school in... And 27th year as a head coach, I just completed. But this is basically our triple option rules. <clears throat> as time goes on, we have tags. We have different unique ways of blocking different fronts. Uh, but this is just basically uh, uh, what our rules are for triple. Outside veer, same thing. We're going to read the first man on, or, or I'm sorry, outside the uh, offensive tackle. Okay, now that maybe we like to run it with a third lineman, um, and then now the outside veer it changes a little bit. Now it's the the, the we're going to read the first defender on or outside that third lineman. Um, like I said, if you have questions, feel free to get a hold of me. Okay, this is straight from one of our scouting reports. Okay, and our kids get these. And this would be a perfect example of Team A, who we believe is a 50. They jumped in this in 2013 and gave us all kinds of fits. And then in 2014, we were able to have some answers, okay? But we found the kid we couldn't block was this cat here, this backside unblocked free safety, okay? And what they were doing, instead of rotating, uh, when we were in flex on the snap of the ball, they're running this guy down to pitch. This guy was hurting us with the quarterback on triple, okay? Uh, and, and the tackles were B-gap defenders. And uh, obviously on true triple, we're going to read this guy, pitch off this guy. Outside veer, we're going to block this guy and read that guy for the handoff. So that's an example of something that was giving us some trouble. Okay, now, against over, we jump into over. Now they have to determine what they're going to do. How are they going to play that guy that kind of looks like a trip set? But as we know, this guy's ineligible, okay? So we got to figure out what we're going to do to make them uh, utilize some type of rotation. So in this instance, they did this, which left the backside fairly vulnerable, and we were able to attack the backside uh, just by making a simple adjustment of bringing our split end over. Okay, same team, team A against 50 against over. This would be our scheme for that. Okay, we're going to obviously motion our pitch back. We're going to read number one, pitch off number two. The way they aligned gave us a great angle for the inside receiver. And we're going to hammer him down with our hands, run this guy off, run the stalk, and we feel like we were able to make some good plays to that as well as away from that. So that is how we would block triple against an over. All right, here's an example of what was drawn up on the card. On the slide before, as you can see, 
We're in an over formation here with two split ends on the same side of the formation. They're gonna rotate a safety over, which is this guy right here. Their front stays the same, a zero, two four eyes, and two outside Bs as nine techniques. Free safety's back over here. And I'll show you this clip and I'll show you the end zone. There's the read, there's the pitch. And we've got a nice wall there, and I think our inside halfback did a nice job of blocking the uh, uh, backside safety. Here's an end zone view of it. As you know, the receivers, the split ends are both over there. Here's the guy that's going to be a B-gap defender. Here's the pitch key. One thing we try and do is loop a four-eye, and what I mean by loop is we're going to take this young man, and he's just going to tight release outside who, who he believes will be the read key. Let's see if that happens. Tight loop, read pitch, inside split end blocked down on the rolled up safety, and we're off to the races. Here's another example, out of flex, running triple. Read the four eye, four eye came up the field. Here you can see the read right here. Four eye came up the field. Right here's our read. Now, here's our tackles rule. You have the least resistance release. So if that guy is snugging inside a little bit, we're gonna loop him. If he is in a, in a five technique, like he's leaning here, we're gonna veer release him. And you can see the read key, the five technique comes up the field and the ball's off to the fullback for a short gain. Short gains are better than no gains. Okay, now, as I mentioned, Team A jumped into that 2B gap tackle uh, 50 front against us and uh, really gave us trouble in 2013. And in 14, we came back and, and, and after painstakingly hours over the winter wondering what the heck happened, uh, we decided to change our rules. Up until 13, we were not a two-lineman veer team. We became a two-lineman veer team in 2014. And what I mean by that is we're just going to snug the halfback up a little bit. He's going to step tight down and pick off the inside B. And we're going to block down with the tackle on the big gap defender or the four eye, which means we're going to read the outside backer and the corner to the nub side away from the over formation is going to be the guy who ends up being the pitch. So I talked a little bit about, hey, if they do this, then we'll do this. We ran triple to the over. Now we're going to come back and run veer uh, away from the over. Here's an example. Two linemen veer. Tackle blocked down. I think the end zone shot maybe will give you a little better look. We do adjust our splits. One of my offensive line coaches is very particular about the center guard split. It takes a directive from the head coach occasionally to get those guys to widen up. We are a little lenient with our tackle splits. Once again, a line to execute, okay? So here's the four eye. He's still a four eye, and the read is gonna be the outside B. So we're gonna block this guy down. We're gonna read the outside B. Halfback should insert and pick off the first backer that shows. See if that happens. 
and it does, and he pulled the football. Let's look at it again. The nine closes down on the fullback. All the way from the outside, quarterback pulled the football, and he's off the races. Okay, here we're in an over, but it's more of a snug. The split end's lined up tighter. We're going to block the four. Read the nine, who was actually off the line of scrimmage. Scraped off, came up the field. So they gave us an overshift with the backers as well. This gives you a better look at it. We're going to block down on the four eye, read number 43. He can't get up there in time, and the ball goes to the fullback. Again, outside Veer, reading the nine, which is number 43, who's lined up, up on the line now. He comes down on the fullback late, the quarterback pulls the football. So we try to make sure that, hey, you know, if they do this, we can then do this. So it's always an if-then scenario. Triple blood is a play that's been very, very good to us, okay? It is. We like it better against the 50. We really like it with a third lineman, but here it's drawn up in flex. And this is simply, we're gonna turn the guy loose and have him cancel out the fullback and it turns into a double option. I know this guy looks like he's shaded so he could get the ball, that's incorrect. He is a dummy decoy and he is used to just pull that safety out to create a running lane for the quarterback if the quarterback disconnects. So it's a double option between the quarterback and the fullback. Here's an example of it. And I'll get right to the end zone shot for your uh, viewing ease. Okay, the four eye is gonna be the read. He and the fullback are gonna cancel off. We try to have our fullback run a little tighter path when it's blood. Not much, but just a little bit. So sometimes we'll sneak him through there if that, if that four eye doesn't get down there hard enough and quick enough. But we believe that the tackle the defensive tackle and the fullback are going to cancel each other out, and the quarterback will end up with the ball in C-gap. It's a midline concept, a hole wider. And then our play side offensive tackle is going to block out on the nine, and our play side halfback or A-back will then insert for the quarterback. Let's see how this works out. Pull, seal. Not a very good block by the play side halfback. Let's look at it again. Okay, the, back, the play side guard didn't do a very good job of getting to the backside B. Here's a great rule we have. And if you'll watch this guy here, he chases a linebacker. Never want to chase linebackers if you're getting to the second level. You want to be, we try to tell our linemen, hey, linebackers are like buses. Meaning, hey, if you miss one, another one's going to be coming soon and stay on your path, and, and you're going to run into the backside backer. So that's triple blood. Here's a good view of it from a wide screen. <coughs> you can see the tackle blocked out. I don't think he made a great read there. But we're going to read the four eye, block out on the nine. Well, he did make a great read because the tackle moved out with him, as you'll see with the, uh, with the end zone shot here. 
Tackle moved out. Playside guard didn't do a very good job. Center does a nice job scooping here and getting to the Mike Backer. But they ran a stunt where they exchanged between the tackles and the outside Bs in the 3-3. See 43 come in. They force us to give the football based on what the tackle does. And 43 cleans up and he's unblocked. Another example of blood. Tackle out, quarterback up inside. Obviously it helps when your quarterback's a good player and your fullback's a good player. That never hurts. But he's going to read the four eye, cancels out with the fullback. Halfback does an adequate job of clearing a path for the uh, quarterback. Now this kid's 150 pounds soaking wet, and he does an admirable job here sticking, it, uh, sticking his face in there and creating a lane for the quarterback. And then obviously the play side tackle blocks out on the nine, and the quarterback's good enough player that he is able to stick it up inside before there's any issues. Okay, that's triple blood. That's team A, who, who we thought would play a 5-2 against us the whole time. They did play some 3-3 three, three against us uh, later as, as we played them. Team B, 4-4 versus flex, okay? Some teams call this a 4-2, and they call these guys DBs. One of our best opponents, this is their base defense, and, you know, it's a game of cat and mouse. Sometimes, sometimes we uh, uh, are able to get the cheese uh, without the cat getting us, and sometimes the cat pounces on us as we're trying to get the cheese. Um, they're very well coached. We're pretty sure we know how they're going to line up. They don't care. They know what we're going to do. We know what they're going to do, and it's who executes best uh, determines who, who's going to have the night. So generally they'll play two twos. Oftentimes when we motion a halfback, they will knife those guys into the gaps, the two inside guys, to the gaps of, of, of the way that we are motioning. Okay, here's what they have done up until this past two years. They have just plussed this backer out, kept the safety in the middle of the field. They're smart enough to know that this guy's ineligible. They'll cheat this guy over enough that he could play the vertical with number two. And basically, they're a thirds team, but they kept the structure of their defense fairly similar. They used to bump over. They used to bump the tackle to a zero uh, and, and give us a, a 50 front. They don't do that anymore. All they do now is stay in their 40 and take one of their backers and move them to the overside. So this is based upon what this opponent has done in the past, not what they've done the last couple years. Um, so this film is based on them sliding to a 50 because of the over. And then obviously uh, against Queen or King unbalanced, they too would bump their front, bring the tackle over to a zero, uh, their end to a three, their outside backer, the weak side to a five. And as I said, now what they're doing, they're just, they're keeping their front static because that's what they do and they're bringing their, one of their outside backers over to the uh, overside. Okay, occasionally against trips, 
this, this opponent would jump to a 4-3. They would man up back here, 100% man on the back side. Uh, if this cat went in motion and then came back, this corner was coming now for pitch. Safety was playing a half. This cat, who was an outside backer, who's now the middle safety, uh, would play the, the middle. So it's really man, quarter, quarter, if you want to break it down specifically. <clears throat> this is how we block the 4-2 uh, for our base triple option. One of the things that we've been able to do is widen the split of the play side tackle to try to get him up inside to block that linebacker. Because I'm telling you, when teams gap exchange you, and here's what I mean, they're going to slam this guy down and they're going to bring this guy nice and tight to the quarterback. That's problematic. And if you can't get this guy to block him or this guy to block him, that, can, that inside B is going to make it very difficult for your quarterback. And then what you end up doing is leaving this guy unblocked and hoping that you can get your kid past the line of scrimmage three or four yards and uh, get him in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Okay, so that's our triple blocking against a 4-2. Here's some examples of it. This is about a six, seven-year-old film. Not very productive here. We're going to run triple left. And you'll see how they just disengage from blocks, squeeze down, flow the safety in the outside B right now. Their ends are stood up. They're going to crash down hard. Outside B's run the pitch. Safety's run the quarterback and making it very difficult for us. I already showed that. Here's an end zone version of it. Here's our read. The guy that flew out was the pitch, which told the quarterback to stick it up. But right there's the safety and the scrape off backer. Watch how this scrape off inside B disregards our tackle and our halfback here. We miss him there, he goes under, creates an issue. Something we've, we think we've gotten a little better at. Triple versus a 4-3, when this, when this particular defense would, uh, uh, we'd line a 4-3, they would line a 4-3 against trips, and as I said, they would play man on the backside. We try to get two for one here. And what I mean by that, we know that corner is gonna come in, and we felt like, hey, we can maybe knock off this safety, and take care of this corner and get the ball on the perimeter, okay? Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Here it did. Okay, as you see, they're locked up man-to-man. -man. We're going to come in and try to get two for one. He's still our read. Scrape off the pitch. And we're able to get, get some good play out of this. They don't play trips like this anymore. And it took us a while to get to the point where we felt comfortable game planning against what they were doing. They definitely had the upper hand for, for many snaps. Okay, here's a trip set again. And we, and we do like to get into trips when things are giving us trouble. There's a read, there's a pitch. Even though the split end didn't get two for one, we ended up one-on-one -on -one with the safety in the halfback, and he was able to make a move and, and pick up a first down. Here's an end zone version. It shows you what they're doing on motion. 
jumping into A-gaps. We were fortunate enough to get a down block and a veer block on the Mike Backer by the play side tackle, and then read and pitch and turn into a one-on-one -on -one situation with their safety. Okay, veer, same team that jumped to a 50, team B against uh, an over formation. We were able, and they, like I said, they don't do this anymore. They stay in their 40 front and move this backer over here uh, to make up for, uh, for the unbalanced. Uh, but they want to stay in their 4-2 in their defense. But we were able to hit some outside veers against this team when they did jump to a 50, when we jumped to an overset uh, and take advantage of the numbers back on the weak side uh, away from the uh, uh, over. Here's an example outside veer. As you can see, we've got numbers to the nub side. We've got our over here. They have slid their front to a 50 defense. Uh, we're going to down block. We're going to read him and pitch off him. We know that this guy, this corner is going to run right to pitch right now, which basically puts our best player, one of our best players, on one of their best players. So that kid needs to make a tackle, and this kid needs to make him not tackle. And very rarely, against a good defense, does the guy who, who's, who's supposed to close down not close down. And what I mean by that is, we know that this young man is going to squeeze down and take the fullback. We know that, and, and he does that. Squeezes on the fullback, quarterback disconnects. And we're able to get a first down. Here is an end zone shot of it. We've got a read. The corner ran up and took the pitch. So we're a one-on-one -on -one right now with our quarterback, who's one of our better players, against one of their better players. And, you know, somebody's got to make a play. Here's an example of it again. Let me get back to that. Okay. They have... Shifted their front to the unbalanced, back to the nub side. They have an outside backer, an end, two inside Bs, a corner, and a safety. Okay? We are going to make him the pitch. We're going to put our play side backer up. We're going to down block. We're going to read this young man here, and we're going to pitch off this young man here and hope for the best against their safety with our quarterback. And in this situation, uh, our quarterback made their, their, one of their best players uh, not tackle him. And you can see the corner running up and taking the pitch back immediately right here, which creates a nice lane for our uh, uh, quarterback to run in. Also here, one thing I want you to watch, watch the halfback blocking here. You know, it's easy to say, hey, you've got him and you've got him. But when that kid's 160 and one of these kids is 200 pounds and he's mean and he's friendly, you, you, technique needs to come into play. I want you to watch the halfback, the play side halfback here. I think he does an admirable job here of getting his body between the point of attack and the ball carrier. Or, I'm sorry, the defender and the point of attack. There you see the down scheme. And our line, I'll tell you, our line coaches, I think, do a really nice job of keeping good pad level, scooping the backside, down blocking with a tackle on the three technique, and getting up to the second level in a wave. 
So that's the end zone version. Triple blood. Um, out of an unbalance. This would be king, blood right, against a 50 front. Team that normally plays a 40, overshifted to a 50. As I said, they don't do that anymore. They take one of their outside backers and bring him over, and they maintain the, the integrity of their defense in a 4-2 front. But here's an example of blood. Now, the play side tackle, the outside tackle messed up. He should have gone outside to this stand-up outside B here. And instead, it looks like he kind of re-releases the read key. Nonetheless, we get a good ride. And the quarterback's able to stick it up in there. I think on this night, I think he had like 38 carries for a bunch of yards, but he took a pounding, I tell you. This, this is a really good, sound defense. Sometimes this defense, or this offense, is a whole lot easier to run against people who know what, know what they're doing and they know, you know they're going to line up the right way. They're going to close when they're supposed to close. And they're, they're, teams you play off, when we're on offense and they're on defense, teams that know what they're doing and teams that want to play, not freelance and not junk, but play their base defense, sometimes you're better off with that because you know what they're going to do even though they're going to do it well. But here's an example. Here's the read key. I'm sorry, the read key's here, and here's the guy we should have blocked out on. Should have had a double out block. Play side tackle, should have blocked out on him. He should have blocked out on him. Halfback does a nice job of sticking it up in there, creating a lane for the quarterback. Okay, here's an example of it again. And you'll have this video, so you can go back and look at it. But here, I think we actually do it correctly. And the way this should be blocked is like this. He should block out on the outside B. The next tackle should block out on the uh, stand-up end. Here's our read. And remember, it's a two-way option. It's not a true triple option. Blood is it. B's going to ride. They cancel themselves out. Halfback does a decent job of sticking it up in there. Okay, Team C, double legal. As I said earlier in our presentation, we have got to be prepared for a double eagle or some type of junk defense that maybe this opponent has played in the past. You wouldn't believe what we've seen over the course of the years. But we've seen, we've seen junk. We've seen guys, when the ball snapped, roll, get on their sides and try to body roll our kids. We've seen seven-man fronts defensively where they try to cut every guy on the line of scrimmage. And it's our duty and it's our responsibility to make sure that our coaches have our kids ready for any and all situations. The last thing you want to do is go three and out and have those kids that are of utmost importance to you, those old linemen coming over and their eyes are this big because, hey, coach, we didn't, they're doing this, they're doing that. We, we, didn't, we didn't see that this week in practice. So you got to calm them down and... Uh, Say, hey, you remember when we worked on this on Tuesday? We said they might do some junk. Okay, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. So here is a, a slide over of 50. Oftentimes, double eagle teams will slide the uh, nose guard to the strong A, play this guy in either a two or a three, and usually there's a big gap defender here. But this is what a, a base double eagle would look like uh, against opponent C. 
Okay, this is what we would do, and, and we don't make a habit of running true triple option to the third lineman, but maybe we ought to, um, particularly if a team is going to line like this. Um, we don't mind reading a true B-gap defender, even if he lines up in uh, B-gap. Um, you know, we can adjust our splits to move him closer or further from the mesh point uh, or from where the quarterback and the fullback are going to engage. Uh, but one of the things, we, we'll also do this. Even if that kid's in a three, we have read him before. Don't like to do it, except unless it's midline. Don't like to do it if it's triple, but we've done it. So our kids will know going in long before, hey, when we're in this and they're in this, we're going to read this guy and we're going to pitch off this guy. And the scheme changes a little bit. The third lineman is going to loop to pick off the backer or the backside safety. We're going to switch block this on the perimeter. And when we say switch block, the play side A back or half back and the play side split end are going to switch responsibilities. Split end is going to come in and legally and safely crack the downhill safety. And the play side halfback is going to arc. And one key coaching point for this, okay, work for leverage, work for width, but don't be afraid to kick that guy out, okay? One of the things that has given us trouble is people bringing this kid right now, forcing a pull and a pitch. And we have done a much better job of getting this kid to be ready for this, okay? And sometimes we'll even game plan that if we think that that corner might be a threat. And then that creates the running lane for the pitch back, maybe a little tighter. But in a perfect scenario where this is a cover three or man corner, we are going to work for width first, try to get that kid reached. But if he refuses to get reached, we're going to block him to the sideline and, and maybe further if we're physical out there. Here's an example of... Triple to the three lineman side. This would be king triple right. Our terminology is really simple. Um, one of the things I haven't changed throughout the course of, uh, of, of the last three decades is trying to reinvent the wheel or make things harder than they need to be. Um, sometimes guys on my staff will come up with some verbiage that's just too lengthy for me. Uh, I remember one time in high school there was a play, and the only reason I remember is because I got to catch the ball on this play. But the, form, but the verbiage was this. It was uh, twins right, 32 trap option pass, tight end arc on set. Now you think about all that. Twins right, 32 trap option pass, tight end arc on set. The coach would tell the split end. The split end would go in and tell the quarterback, then the quarterback would tell the, the, uh, the, the rest of the huddle. This is King triple right. Okay, uh, if we wanted to throw the pop pass to the tight end, uh, if there were a tight end here instead of a, or if we wanted to throw this guy, it'd just be King Syracuse, okay? So I've tried to limit the amount of verbose activity uh, amongst our coaches and our kids, and I think it's helped. But here's the read, there's the pitch, and you can see the great block by the halfback, the kickout block on the corner here, you can see it at the end and a walk in by the halfback. And it's nice when your kids come off the sideline. And the way they aligned and the way they moved post-snap is exactly how you told the kids and worked it all week. That, that's a nice feeling when the kids come over and said,
coached just like on Tuesday. They did the same thing. And that's a good feeling. Uh, watch, the, watch the block here by the uh, uh, number 50, second lineman. He does a nice job arc releasing the four-eye and getting to the scrape-off backer. Let's look at the end zone shot of this. Maybe you can see the block by this halfback here. One of our best blocking halfbacks. Wasn't real great with a ball in his hand, but that's a simple pull pitch with some good blocking on the perimeter. Basically, it's a toss sweep without having to block two guys, the read key and the pitch key. Here's blood, or I'm sorry, here's a triple to the three lineman side. 65 is going to come down. There, look, he's, a, he's sitting in B gap, almost a three technique. And we let him cancel out with the fullback and then pitch off the nine technique. Now, the halfback here did not do quite as good a job on the corner. The corner comes up. I thought we did a really good job by the split end on the down safety. But the halfback wasn't very physical there, and the corner fell back in and made the play. Let's look at the end zone. You can notice that the splits are a little bit bigger. Our base splits would be three-foot center guard, four-foot guard tackle, four to five feet, third lineman. But like I said, occasionally I get to be king and uh, make a decision and uh, say, hey, we're going to widen these things up a little bit. And here's an example of that, the loop, the, four, the, the B gap defender, pull and pitch. Okay, blood against the same front. They've got an overshifted nose, they've got a B gap tackle, uh, outside B in an eight or a nine technique, and we're gonna block it the exact same way uh, as we showed you earlier. We're gonna out block, we're gonna loop, or if this guy, if they had a, a safety up here rolled up, he would have to recognize that and block. First defender outside him, on or off the line of scrimmage, okay? And it says that down here. Look to low block, play side, inside B, up to the free. But if this guy comes screaming down, that is that third or that outside tackle's responsibility to block him. And once again, it's a double option. We can do two things with this backside halfback, and we do both things. We can continue his motion on out here to try to pull an extra defender out, or we can tag it or game plan it to where we have a double insert with the backside halfback. Here's the first halfback. The first halfback always looks inside first. The backside halfback looks outside. And uh, it's nice when it works out that way. Here's an example of blood. It is a quarterback fullback read play. Fortunately there, the inside B and the B gap tackle both took the fullback. And then the backside half, or the play side halfback had nobody block. He should have kept going. That's the thing. If, if the guy you're supposed to block in there, continue on and go find somebody. This is a really nice job by the third tackle out here, number 72. Arc releases, gets up to the free, basically plants him. Here's the read, and there is no pitch, okay? So we're gonna out block here. This tackle that you can't see is gonna come up and block the safety, I believe. If I'm wrong and that guy comes in here, don't shoot me. But I believe he's gonna block out, as he does. 
Not sure what in the world 50 was doing here. Yeah, I think 50, I think this young man meant to do this. Okay. I believe that he did not do that, but I think that's what he meant to do. Fortunately, they had two guys in one gap, which allowed the quarterback to skate into C gap. Here's a double insert again. See if we can get an end zone shot, which gives you a better look. Let's see if 50 does his job this time. Yep, he loops. Backer disappears. Now, the quarterback probably should have given the ball because that, that three technique came up the field. But I'm never going to yell at the quarterback and give him doubt in himself. He'll figure that out on his own. That's one thing we don't do is say, hey, bad read. He'll figure that out the next morning on his own in film because the last thing I want to do is the best teams we've had offensively are the ones where this guy is a, is a gunslinger, okay? You want this guy here, whoever he is, to believe that he wants the ball in his hands. And he will figure it out eventually when he should have handed off after he gets thrown around a few times uh, with the ball in his hand. But, uh, you know, here's an example where the three technique actually comes up the field. It probably, you know, on paper should have been the fullback's ball, but uh, he's got enough confidence in himself uh, to keep the ball, bow around the, uh, the, the mess, and get into C-gap. Okay, outside veer. Here's an example. Up until about 2012, we ran outside veer exclusively to a three-alignment set. Okay, we had to have a three-alignment surface, we felt like. No longer is that the case. Okay, we'll read, a, we'll read an outside backer that's on or off the line of scrimmage uh, with a two-alignment set. But this is, this is uh, uh, an example of where we've got a three-alignment surface and these two got to work in conjunction inside, outside, to make sure that that young man doesn't scrape off and, and uh, get a hold of our quarterback or, or tackle the fullback at the mesh point. And once again, see here, we're going we're gonna to crack block here on the downhill safety, and the corner is going to be the pitchback. We could switch that up. If we felt like this kid was going to play really hard downfield, and he was not going to be a factor, uh, we could make him number two and make him the pass defender. But in this case, we felt like we wanted to pitch off the corner. Here's an example. It's kind of like our cameraman here was forgot the tripod. But that's outside veer. You can see it. The fullback kind of just shifts his weight out to the side a little bit. We don't change our landmarks that much. And you can see the Reed Key 28 came up the field in the white jersey, which led the quarterback to give the football. And we we're fortunate enough to create a little crease down uh, inside for him to run. And you'll see it here a little better. Here's your handoff key, number 28. And if he takes a step up the field, the fullbacks are going to get the football. And that's where sometimes you want to tighten your splits a little back, bit for two reasons. First reason being, it, you can say it doesn't change the landmark of the fullback, but it actually does. He's actually running sideways. 
So if we squish these guys down just a skosh, you know, even a, a foot or two, that would bring the reed key down and it would make the fullback's landmark maybe a little tighter and maybe more downhill more. So you can see here for yourself, he has to actually shift his weight and I don't like the term bounce it outside, but, but, but he kind of bounced it outside on that one. Okay, goal line. A lot of times teams will come out, they, maybe they've been a 4-3 team or a 5-2 or a 4-2, and for whatever reason, you know, we probably throw, I don't know, three to, three to five passes a game sometimes, many, many times not even that. But we'll have people come up and lock up man-to-man -man and play goal line defense, okay? Um, used to give us some problems, but we feel like we've got some answers for it now. Uh, one of those is outside veer. Down, down, down. Okay, now, we have gone to this philosophy of late. Let's not try to scoop this backside, because oftentimes this guy's more athletic than that guard. So we have let this backside kid go because we know it's going to be more of a fullback play. And now what we do against a true goal line is we go back, back, back. If this guy's not going to be an issue, We'll take him down. We'll take him up the field. But we have found that, okay, yeah, if that guy's making the tackle on the fullback, it's probably going to be a three-yard game, which we're perfectly happy with. But against a goal line look, he would be number one. He would be number two. They've got this guy drawn wrong. Um, he should actually be coming in here looking for a, uh, to pick off a scrape backer or the backside corner. Here's an example of it, okay? 6-2 defense, three linemen on this side, three on that side, two really tight backers, and then man-to-man -man out here, okay? We're going to read him. We're going to down block, down block. He's the pitch. He's the read. And it opened up really nicely for the fullback if you look at that again. That's the one thing. And the halfback does a really nice job here, 26 important that he steps with his inside foot and mirrors the offensive tackle so that he can get a tight release to the second level. Because good linebackers, and this kid was good, he ain't going to flow out here. He's going to step up and come down here and punch the fullback in the mouth. So it's important that we almost take a flat step down the line of scrimmage and watch what he does here to free up the uh, fullback. Nice flat step. It's a 10-yard gain. Here's an end zone look at it. And we're still scooping the backside at this point. We have since changed that. But that's a good view of, of the down block here, the down block here. Watch this young man come in and pick off 2-4 for a 10-yard. So our fullback uh, gets a 10-yard gain. And then the outside backer stepped up the field, so the fullback gets the ball. Here's the blood play that we've talked about against three different defenses against the goal line D. Love this play against the goal line defense because if your quarterback creases it, there is nobody home. There is no free safety. Uh, team D, a 4-3 defense with two high safeties. Okay, This is problematic at times, Okay, particularly if this guy and this guy are reading that guy. You know, if he's inserting here, boom, he's coming. If he arc releases, 
Boom, he's scraping the quarterback right now and he's downhill for pitch, okay? So that's given us some issues in the past. We've gotten a little better at it lately. Here's would be triple team D against a 4-3, okay? Here's our read, here's our pitch. Some people talk about reading the stack. I think to read the stack, you don't tell the quarterback he's reading the stack. You tell him he's reading the area, okay? Um, last thing I want to do is hand the ball off to a fullback going full speed and have that guy on a full tilt bozo path and, and collision and cause a fumble or worse yet, cause injury, okay? But the thing about a 4-3, these guys can play games with you and you got to be aware and you got to be ready uh, to counter that, okay? Um, when you read the stack, and we've tried to read the stack, and what I mean by that is, if he shows here, you pull and pitch off him. If he shows here, you pull and pitch off him, okay? And I think you can do that with, with practice repetitions. The ball always usually ends up getting pitched, though. Here is flex against a 4-3, a read, a pitch, and notice on the outside, we switch blocked it. We brought the split end inside to, to this guy, and we brought the halfback on the arc or on the switch block to the corner. Read, pitch, and there was a nice little crease there for the halfback to go. Here's an end zone shot at it. We're going to read one. He's one. He's two. We're going to crack the play side free, and we're going to take the play side half, and he's going to arc or uh, switch to the, uh, to the corner. Nice job by the center, free releasing and getting to the backside. Read, pitch, switch. Let's watch it again. Down with closes, backer scrapes. Okay, this guy's going to come down with the veer block because the play side tackle's going to the mic. This guy's going to see a, a arc path by the halfback, and that tells that guy, right now I'm up on quarterback. And then he's going to take the free safety play side. And there's not much of a crease for the halfback, but he finds it. I wish he'd cut it back inside there. Read. Okay. We actually pulled the ball at least eight to ten times in a row. And here's what happens then when you're patient. That end is going to make a mistake, and the fullback better be in the clear, just like he is here. Okay. The end did not close down hard enough. And we had a nice veer release by the play side tackle. And I think the end zone shot will give you a better picture of it. This guy right here at the end that's behind 26, he's been squeezing the whole game. Well, he took one too many steps up the field, and the fullback ran clean with the football. And it only takes one play when you're rotating your safeties. Okay, this is how an unbalanced, this is how a 4-3 team generally aligns to unbalanced. 
or king or queen. They predetermine who the three and the one's going to be or the two I. And sometimes they'll take this guy and they'll move him up here. Other times they'll leave him off because that's where he's been playing uh, the entire year. So here's how we would read outside Veer. We don't like to read a guy off the line of scrimmage. However, we will and have. Um, I think it's kind of difficult for your quarterback unless he really rides it in there for a long time. Uh, and the majority of the time it's going to be uh, a give to the, uh, to the fullback as it is here. Okay, let's see if we see the end zone shot. We're unbalanced. Three linemen and a split end. We're going to read the outside backer who's off the line of scrimmage for about a four-yard gain. He steps up the field one or two steps, which tells our quarterback, you've got to give the football. Okay, here's one where he pulls it. And he kind of did this on his own. Now, I'm going to tell you that our play side halfback, okay, wants to block that guy, and that guy's actually the read key. So he's got to get inside of him, which I guess he did. Then the split end cracks on the free safety downhill, and the corner becomes the pitchback. Let's look at the end zone view of it. Outside veer to the right. Here's our read key right here. See how, see how he played the fullback. It would have been fine if the fullback had the ball as well. Okay, 3-3 three, three stack, Team E, the final defense we see. Where's our advantage? Okay, they got two B-gap defenders, a stack across behind them. 3-3 three, three stack teams, apparently, uh, I don't know a whole lot about that defense, haven't coached it, but I think they like to stay stacked, if at all possible. Over. They're going to bring the dog out, the safety over number two, back the corner off and leave the dog. Okay, stack versus trips. They don't like to take the dog and bring him over. They like to keep their, their stack intact, uh, although this team did play some true 5-2 against us uh, the second year we played them. And this would be what uh, triple blood would look like. We'd read the B-gap defender, block out on the stack backer, whether he's on the ball or off the ball, on the line scrimmage or off. And they had a free safety. I think he's at Boston College right now. But they had a free safety that made every tackle. So we always put two guys on him for this game. We game planned that in no matter what. Number 12 uh, was going to get uh, uh, at least two guys to try to, to get on and block him. And I'll show you some cut-ups of it. Okay, watch again. Tackle. Responsibility is to block the stack backer, the third backer, whether he's on or off the line of scrimmage. Here's our read. Halfback is supposed to come in here and block, help block the mic. If the mic disappears, he should continue on and try to pick up somebody else, like 14, who ends up making the play. Let's look at the back side of this, or the end zone shot. The play side half never got through to the mic. The 
quarterback disconnects off 54. There's a nice little crease there for him. Same play. Read, pull, and got a couple yards. Yards are hard to come by against this team. Very well schooled, very well coached. Okay, and look who's making the play, the backside corner. This cat right here, coming all the way across, making the play on the quarterback on, on triple blood. Mirroring the halfback, takes him right to the ball. Would have been nice if the play side half would have worked his way over there to get him. Okay, Veer against the 3-3 stack. Now instead of blocking the stack backer and reading the B-gap end, we're going to block down on the B-gap end and read the stack backer. And the stack backer that time happened to be up on the line of scrimmage, as you can see here, which made it a little easier to read for the quarterback. Nobody laid a paw on the mic backer, however, though. Would have been nice if 26 had squirreled himself inside there and taken on that 240-pound young man, but he didn't. Step with the wrong foot. Here's a real good shot of it. Here's our read, stack backer. They've jumped to their goal line look, which is at some semblance of a 50. Instead of the 3-3, three, three, double eagle. And the fullback still snuck through for a couple yards. Outside Veer, we're going to read him. He closes. Quarterback's in the crease right now. Now, here's another example. If 87 had continued on his path, and after the mic disappeared, had gotten in the way of number, 80, uh, number 14 on the backside, I think the quarterback might have walked in. But he stopped, and 14 ran right past him. But nice job of getting this guy to close. Okay, and our, our second uh, split end didn't do much there either. We're reading 51. We've got to get two guys on 12. Didn't happen. Here's Trips against a 3-3 stack outside Veer. Trips opens some things up for us. We feel like it gives us a cleaner read because it gets at least one guy out of there or should. But we're reading this guy right here. And he comes up the field a little far and the fullback sneaks himself through. Down block on the B-gap defender. Look at the end zone shot of this. Okay, 3-3 three, three stack against trips. Tr uh, triple option away from the trips. We're going to read the B-gap defender and pitch off the dog. And let's see how that works out. So it would be away, would be triple left. I'm sorry, triple right to the split end. We're going to read off him, pitch off him. It's a really nice loop block by the play side tackle here. Watch him. He's going to let that kid close, and he's going to pick off this guy right here. And the halfback at the split end, we're able to get enough of their guys uh, that will create some running 
running possibilities out on the perimeter. Triple versus Team E, uh, trip, triple back to the trips, which has been beneficial for us at times. And here we're going to read the B gap defender, block the dog and pitch off, or block this stack and pitch up, pitch off the uh, dog. So we're reading him, blocking him, pitching off the dog. Read. Block, pitch late, and we got a nice little play out of it. Here's the end zone version. We're going to let the uh, B-gap end cancel out. We're going to loop the tackle to the stack backer. And fortunate to get a play out there. We're going to read him, block the stack, and the dog actually uh, was running with the motion back or the split end and probably could have pitched off the outside dog late, like right there, and we may have had a home run. Let's look at the end zone shot of this, 54 cancels out. Okay, that's the end of our presentation. Uh, hopefully there was something that you were able to pick up from this. If you have any questions at all, uh, please feel free to uh, contact me um, at your convenience. You can type in questions uh, to, to uh, Chief Pigskin. I will get back with you in a timely fashion and uh, I'm wishing you the very best of luck uh, in the upcoming football season. It's been an honor and a privilege to present triple option football to you today.